Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So we're coming to you this morning with my good buddy, Josh, my research assistant. Josh, in the news today, housing market more specifically, we haven't seen this since 2008. And I this was totally off my radar until I saw it this morning on Market Watch. So let's go right over to this article. Check it out. I want to get your feedback on this. So title, mortgage rates could hit 8%. Economists say, citing a worrying sign not seen since the Great Recession. Now, initially, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, well, 8%, is it that big of a deal? Does that really uh, mean anything? Is that the worrying sign that they're referring to? No, it's not. So the worrying sign that they're referring to is what I used in the thumbnail of this video. And it, it, it's not just mortgage rates. It's the spread between mortgage rates and the 10-year treasury, indicating that credit is tight and banks are freezing up. More on that in just a moment. But let's go down and uh, go through this because I know housing obviously impacts pretty much everyone, whether you're a renter, uh, therefore maybe a future buyer, or you're currently a homeowner. With mortgage rates firmly above 7%, homeownership has become more, much more expensive, but will rates go even higher? Three experts told MarketWatch that if the economy continues to show signs of strength, uh, okay, <laughs> I can't take this, Josh. If there are three indicators out of the thousands and thousands and thousands out there that show strength, let, let me go ahead and rephrase that more accurately. And the U.S. Federal Reserve hikes its benchmark interest rate once again, rates could go up to 8%. High rates have already taken a toll on U.S. housing market, even home builders who have in recent months ex experienced strong demand from home buyers. So you guys know that even in nominal terms, home prices came down. Now they have been going back up slightly, but they did come down pretty significantly. And then when you adjust for inflation in real terms, they, they came down probably 15, 20%. Off the top of my head. And in some markets, obviously, they completely crashed, like in California, uh, parts in parts of the West. I think they crashed the most. So now let's get back to this and think through, okay, we, we see weakness, let's say, in the housing market. We're starting to see cracks. But this is what the unemployment rate currently at 3.5% or 3.6%, a historic low going all the way back to the 1960s. Well, what, J Josh, help me out. What's the Fed trying to do right now? Increase unemployment. <laughs> they're, 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 oh my gosh holy cow. okay turn your volume up my goodness sounds like josh is uh on a construction site building his own house <laughs> oh but yes the fed is trying to increase the unemployment rate which would put even further downward pressure not that prices would go down but it would just be a headwind for the housing market so how high can rates go i don't know who this guy is even though the 30-year fixed rate mortgage averaging 7.26 as of Tuesday evening, highest level since November 2022, economists say they could go a lot higher. And according to Lawrence Yoon, chief economist at National Association of Realtors, and by the way, if anything, he would have kind of a bullish slant or a bullish bias. The 30-year is at a quote-unquote critical stage. And he's saying that uh, if the 10-year holds, at 4.2%, not a problem. But if it breaks above 42 then you could quickly see mortgage rates go straight 
to 8%. Mortgage rates could rise significantly if global investors demand higher yields for fixed income assets. Now, here's where we're getting to the 2008 part. It's not just mortgage rates going higher. Yes, that's not good, but that in and of itself isn't this red flag that I'm referring to. And I want to find, oh, here we go. Historically, the mortgage rate spread has only been around this level only during periods of financial crisis, such as the Great Recession or early 1980s recession. And we're going to check this out on another chart in just a moment here. But the 1980s, interest rates were so high, I don't know if it's an apples-to-apples comparison. But what they say is the historic average, as far as the spread between the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage and the 10-year treasury, is historically around 175 basis points. So you say, okay, George, what is it now? The spread currently is over 300. Let's go over to that chart I was referring to earlier. And this is from the Fed's website. This is from Fred. And uh, this is the one that we use for the thumbnail. Now, I actually, on this, I misspoke on the title because we have seen this happen more recently than 2008 when just before the Cerveza sickness. So not like that's comforting. (laughs) In fact, that is the opposite of comforting. That's even more worrisome. And if you go back, let's look at a max chart here. Oh, come on. Let's get back to the 80s here, guys. There we go. So like they said, the historic average, if you just could kind of draw a line in the middle, would be about 175 basis points. On the left, we go from zero up to 6%. So from zero to 600 basis points. So 1.75% would be 175 basis points. That's what we were talking about uh, before. But you can see once it gets uh, shoots up, we get that big spike uh, going up to 3%. That's not good. And you say, okay, George, well, look here. It did it in 1986 or toward the end of 86 going into 1987. And we didn't have a recession then. Right. But we also had Black Monday. So (laughs) I don't know if that's comforting. That's probably the opposite. Hey, guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Ceresna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks, and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Now, it didn't really spike going into the recessions we had in the early 90s, although it did kind of go up slightly here going into the dot-com bust. But it seems like when we're getting strains in the banking system specifically, that's when this spread blows out. Look at in the GFC. It really starts to blow out. In fact, after we are already in a recession, and I think it peaked out 
here you go, December of 2008. And this would have been after Bear Stearns and after Lehman Brothers. So most people understand that where we're getting the 30-year fixed rate, it has a lot to do with the 10-year treasury. But how can this rate fluctuate so much? Why isn't it just a fixed 175 basis points as an example? Well, because you've got something in there called the risk premium. So long-term interest rates, we talked about this yesterday with, uh, I believe it's Irving Fisher. I've got to look that up. Josh, write that down. Let's remember to look that up after this video. But I believe it was Irving Fisher, the first economist that came out in the 1930s and said, hey, look, long-term interest rates probably have a lot to do with expected future growth and expected future inflation. Makes sense. But there's also something that he didn't go over in that equation, and that is the risk premium. So obviously, if you think that there's a lot more risk that you won't be paid back, you're going to increase the spread. You're going to ask for a higher interest rate on top of the 10-year treasury and on top of what you think are going to be future growth and inflation expectations. So this is why you would see this spread blowing out. This is the risk premium blowing out. And if the risk premium is blowing out, by definition, the banks that are issuing these mortgages or even Fannie or Freddie themselves are seeing a lot more risk with borrowers being able to pay them back. So Josh, any thoughts on that? Or are you still in the construction? Oh, okay. no, I'm not the construction <laughs> you can see how professional we are on this channel. <laughs> uh, but I think the main takeaway here for homeowners, or even if you're not interested in the housing market at all, is realizing that this is just another data point that we have that we haven't seen since 2008. I mean, it seems like almost every single video I've done over the last couple of days is we haven't seen this since 2008, or we haven't seen this since the GFC. And as you guys know, I'm not even using clickbait. This isn't even hyperbole. This is, we, we literally haven't seen this stuff since then. And so if you are really interested in the housing market, I think you've got to look at this spread. You've got to look at interest rates possibly going up. But even if the Fed doesn't hike, we could see mortgages go up to 8% just due to that risk premium increasing. And let's not forget that people think that if the Fed drops rates straight back down to zero, then, oh, happy days again, just rainbows, sunshine, and unicorns. Not really, because we realize that if the Fed drops rates back down to zero, sure, interest rates will come down. Sure, mortgage rates might come down, but that doesn't mean you can get a mortgage. Remember, when the Fed drops rates, that's usually a sign that money in the future is going to be very, very tight, at least the short term. We always go back to the story of me when I retired in 2012, getting into the housing market and even going into 2013, 14, I had all these homes that I bought with cash, cash. I owned hundred percent of them and they were all rented out. And I went from bank to bank, to bank, to bank, just trying to get just a line of credit against the equity, the hundred percent equity that I had were interest rates super low. Yes. But every single bank told me to pound sand. I finally found one that I had to establish a personal relationship with that worked with me. But that was after probably at least six months to a year of searching nonstop and just basically getting the old middle finger. No, we don't care how much equity you have. We're not lending on housing, period. So I think that's really the moral of the story here. Now, Josh, did you see the huge dispute we had in the comments section of one of the videos yesterday. I mean, this is a this is like rebel capitalist community drama. Did you see this? No, I didn't. 
Oh my gosh. Well, we're going to have to settle the dispute right now, once and for all. So for those of you who watch this channel, you know, yesterday, Josh came on a video and I read the comments last night and everyone loved the fact that Josh was there, but there was a, a big debate. See, there's this huge debate as to who is better looking, me or Josh. And a lot of people out there were saying, look, George, I think you need to hand the reins over to Josh because he's just a much better looking dude. I thought to myself, yeah, but come on, let's be honest here. Josh is 20 years old. I'm 50 for heaven's sakes, guys. I'm 50. So cut me a little slack here, but just so we can settle this dispute in a fair way, I wanted to go back in time a little bit and show a couple pictures of when I was closer to Josh's age. And then you guys in the comments and in the chat right now can tell us who you think is the better looking rebel capitalist. All right, let's go over here right now. Here we are. So this is me. Now, I'm not Josh's age right here, but I'm probably uh, upper 20s or so. And this is, uh, if you guys recognize this guy, uh, Mario Lopez, I did a couple projects with him way back in the day. So this is me closer to Josh's age. Now, this next one is when I'm in my early 30s uh, with a, a good friend of mine. So this is me in Las Vegas with a good friend of mine. Now I'm about in the early 30s. Now this next one is me right around 40 with uh, you know another good friend of mine. And this next one is me at 50 with Josh and another really good friend of mine. So I'll let you guys determine who do you think is the better looking rebel capitalist? Is it me or is it Josh? And on that note, on that cliffhanger, on that bombshell, we'll go ahead and read the comments. We'll figure it out and we'll address this again. We'll let you know the results on a video tomorrow. So make sure you stay tuned as always. Make sure you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. And both Josh and I will see you on the next video.